0: What's going on, people? I hope everybody's alive and well. Of course you're alive because you wouldn't be watching this video if you weren't alive. Sick start to the video, Mike. Um, Basically, this is going to be a bit of a different video than I've ever done before, to be honest with you. Um, It's eight ways that I kind of manage anxiety now. And when I say now, I mean after doing 11 episodes or so of the podcast because What I've done so far is I've extracted kind of individual teachings from each episode and gradually built up like this, I don't even know what the word to use is, like this arsenal of methods that I've got now. And I'm not saying that this is going to cure anxiety for anyone. Um, You know, if you've suffered with anxiety in the past, then you'll know that it never truly really goes away. You just figure out ways of sort of managing it. And again, that's another key word that I said there is managing is you know this isn't going to completely eradicate anxiety but it's allowed me to turn the volume on it down just that little bit um when it does flare up uh what i will also say as well i've got the biggest fucking light in front of me right here because i'm filming this at night the light coming into my room is awful so i've got this light shining in my face so if you do see me squinting throughout this video um you understand why if you are unfamiliar with what the podcast is, if you're new to the channel, uh, just to give you a quick little rundown, it's called Unbottled, and it's basically a mental health based podcast. And the the idea behind, you know, the word Unbottled is we we get guests on here, we have conversations about things that we typically tend to bottle up and keep to ourselves. So it's a very open and honest discussion about how people cope with anxiety, depression, uh, a big variety of mental health um, disorders, and. Yeah, it's just it's just a place where hopefully you as a listen <coughs> sorry. Um you as a listener can come and feel like you're not alone in what you're going through. Um so that's just a quick little spiel of what we're all about here at Unbottled. So yeah, I think I've pretty much covered everything that I want to cover for that intro and I don't want to waste your time. I want this to be a very sort of informative video. So I'm gonna start waffling and we're gonna get into number one. All right, let's get the ball rolling with meditation. Now, meditation, before you start thinking that I throw on my monk robes each day, I walk down to the local mountain, if anyone has a local mountain, and uh, and I sit there and I throw this pose all day. I sit cross-legged and I do that for seven hours. That is not what I'm alluding to when I say meditation. And I think that's something that we really need to clear up because that's what a lot of people think it is. And whilst, you know, there are robed monks in the mountains somewhere that do that style of meditation, uh, that's not what I'm referring to here. What I'm referring to is a a 20-minute-a-day practice at the start of the day, as soon as I get out of bed. Um, I've been using an app called Waking Up. Uh, It's by Sam Harris. There's also like Headspace, loads of other apps that you can use. What you do during these 20-minute sessions or 10-minute or 15-minute, whatever you want to do, is you have an object of focus which is usually your breath so you put all your concentration on the in and the out and the in and the out of your breath and then when you feel yourself getting caught up in a thought pattern which is inevitable it happens all the time through meditation you gently just let that thought pattern go and return back to the object of focus which is your breath um and what the real power you know where it really really works well for you is If you can then embody that through the rest of your day, so not just during that 10, 15, 20-minute window, but during the rest of your day as well, You know, because we we have worries constantly coming up all day, every single day. And if you can find a way to even just like 10% of those worries, just recognise them for what they are, just simply thoughts, let them float off, come back to your object of focus, then it just creates this space in your mind that's just so peaceful. All right, so moving swiftly on, journaling uh so i actually got this from episode three when i had a chat with ryan and yeah journaling is a really powerful tool that i'm still getting to grips with still understanding it but from the amount i've used it up until now it's it's clear to me that there's something about putting your thoughts onto paper that it's it's, it's not quite anything else I've really experienced before. And let me give you an example of that. So I'll typically do it just before bed at night. I know some people like to do it in the morning, whatever suits you, doesn't really matter. Um, And so so I've got a particular, you know, a handful of worries that are in my head and I've been sitting there all day groveling about them going, oh God, this is really pissing me off. I'm worried about this. I don't know how this is going to turn out, blah, 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 blah. And there's something about picking up a pen, getting a piece of paper, writing those things out and i've 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 found that you know quite often i've I've looked at them on the piece of paper and i've it's kind of just like clicked in my mind, and I'm like this isn't something that needs to be taking up so much of your time to worry about it it's almost there's just something about seeing it written down in front of you that allows you to think like okay. I really am blowing this out of proportion and I don't need to worry about this as much as I feel like I need to. Right, number three, sleep. I can't express how important this actually is. And to be honest with you, I've always prioritized my sleep. Um, But even more so after having the chat with Ryan because look, some people need six hours, some people seven hours, some people eight hours. You'll know how much you need because You'll be able to, like, you know what sort of mood you're in if you've had a shit night's sleep versus a good night's sleep. It's like night and day. So figure out what it is that, you know, really suits you. For me, it's eight hours. For you, it might be six and a half, seven hours. Everybody's different. But figure out what it is. And I promise you, if you prioritize getting that amount of sleep per night, you're already putting yourself at a head start the minute you open your eyes. Because I can tell you right now, if I don't have a good night's sleep and if I don't prioritize getting that good sleep, the next day I'm already on the back burner, man. Like I'm already feeling a little bit more anxious than usual, a little bit more stressed out than usual. And then anything that happens in that day that might trigger anxiety or stress, it's just going to be magnified because I'm just already in a really bad frame of mind. So what what for me prioritizing sleep looks like is being strict with, my nighttime routine, and it's all too easy to sit there and you know scroll through your phone until five minutes before you go to sleep. But it's just no way to try and relax your mind because the blue light on our phones just keeps our brains wide awake. And you'll know this yourself, if you try and fall asleep after half an hour of scrolling through Instagram, it's just not gonna happen because your brain's just like, like you're wide awake. So what I try and do is, an hour really before bed i'll put my phone in airplane mode and i'll just put it away set my alarms put it away doesn't always happen i'll be honest with you but when i'm in a good cycle of things that's what prioritizing sleep looks like for me um i'll get into bed and i'll read for a bit fiction works best for me because if i'm reading non-fiction then you know if i'm reading like a uh I don't know, like a self-help book or something like that. Like it's it's making your brain think and that's the last thing that you want to do before you go to bed. So for me, fiction works best. Bit of a nerd. I love like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. So I'll tuck into a few pages of um, a fiction book for sort of 20 minutes to half hour uh, before bed. Um, And that's, yeah, that's pretty much like some key things that allow me to prioritise getting that sleep. All right, so phone use. Two parts of this, and I'll try and keep it simple. First part of it is the actual like usage of my phone. I've found that when I dial down how much I'm using my phone throughout the day, I'm naturally just less stressed. I'm less anxious, and it really boils down to the dopamine hits that we get in. Um, TJ Power explains this a lot better than I'm about to in our podcast episode that we did. It was episode number 10. But basically, the healthy ways of us getting dopamine releases in the mind is doing a task and then getting a dopamine hit. So cleaning your room, doing an assignment, going for a run, task, dopamine hit. It's the reward-based chemical. The problem is with our phones, all of these apps that we're using trigger dopamine without us actually carrying out a task. So it's not, it's not really, it's like artificial dopamine almost. And what it, it just leaves us like drained it's it's like this this like fake way of getting dopamine and i was actually quite alarmed when i looked at my phone usage per day um because i didn't feel like i was using it that much but of course we've got the smartest people in the world that are figuring out how to keep us hooked on these apps most of the time without us even realizing so how that leads back to making me feel anxious is you know, it, it, it goes back to that physical tick. You know, when, you know, your phone's there on the desk and you, every 10 minutes you're going, oh, what's going on? Any notifications, what's happening? You know, that that in itself is fucking stressful, man. <laughs> and when you, when you allow yourself to do that all day, every day, it, it's just, for me, it builds up that little more and more and more and more and more and more and more, and more stress. Um, so by putting my phone in the kitchen cupboard, which is what I do now, out of sight, out of mind, whilst I'm working upstairs throughout the day, has helped me massively to reduce my phone usage. You can also download apps that limit how often you use apps. So like you can do like Instagram 20 minutes a day and then block it. Um, and that for me has dialed down the whole anxious, stressed out feeling. Just next time you scroll through your phone, notice your body position. I go like this, I hunch up. Like It's a stressful response, man. I'm going like this, I'm going, oh... What's what's fucking what's so and so doing in Spain? What do you know? It's just it's just pointless. Um. Anyway, that's one side of it. The other side of it is the the whole internal comparison chat on social media. Um. Look, this is something I've struggled with sort of when I was younger. I had body dysmorphia. Um. All I'll say is, first and foremost, recognise that every ounce of everyone's life that you see on social media is portraying this perfect reality that isn't a reality so mindfully using social media like that is a good way to not get stressed and not get anxious when that um comparison chatter goes on in your mind when you're looking at johnny who's in tenerife and you're telling yourself well why why ain't i why am i not having a holiday (laughs) um and then in addition to that is follow unfollow accounts that make you feel that way so again looping back to the body dysmorphia example when I struggled with the way that I, I felt that I looked um, if you know all the accounts I used to follow because I was running a fitness account I'd follow other male fitness accounts and just seeing all these blokes you know looking jacked all the time made me feel like shit because I was like this is how I need to look so unfollow accounts that make you feel that way right alcohol or better way of putting it is mindfully approaching alcohol. Um, I had a chat with Jay Ellis in episode number five, who basically came on to talk about how he's gone completely stone cold sober. And it was a really inspiring conversation. And it caused me to look internally at my own relationship with alcohol and going out um, and having a good time. And the point that I'm at now, and this is how it's kind of how I go about consuming alcohol in a way that isn't going to make me feel as anxious the next day two ways in my mind that I go about having alcohol the first is oh what a week or what a day you know I could murder a beer let's go for a beer um, that for me is the wrong way about going out It's the wrong way about having alcohol because I'm trying to get out of my own head I'm trying to mask something that I've gone through with alcohol and all that happens is the next day you wake up with a hangover the problems that you've had are still there you've just got to deal with them on a hangover (laughs) which is a very stressful and anxious experience so the relationship that I'm trying to have now with alcohol and I'm actively pursuing is all right I've had a great week I've got done everything that that I needed to get done this is my downtime now and I'm going to go out and I'm going to enjoy a few beers and what I find is that waking up the next day and feeling a bit rough round the edges and a little bit hungover, the the anxiety that is attached to that is turned down a lot more because I haven't tried to run away from something um, and mask it through alcohol. Um, it's been a it's been a good productive week or a good and productive day, and it's just a way of enjoying my downtime. Um, I, I mean, look. <sighs> Uh, lately I've been having alcohol sort of once once a fortnight, um which is something i'm trying to stick to, whether that's going to happen over the summer <laughs> or not is another story but that's that's the relationship i'm trying to have at the moment with it, okay, so breath work and cold exposure now I'm not going to try and explain the science behind all of this because Sebastian does a very good job of explaining it in episode eleven of the podcast, but to dumb it down really easily for you by doing cold voluntary cold exposure which for me is a cold shower or breath work um what it means is that you're a you spike in your stress response and then you're coming down and what it means is that the rest of the day then you're able to deal with stressful situations a lot easier because you've had this you've you've voluntary put yourself through this big um spike of adrenaline and then I don't even know if I'm doing a very good job of explaining that, to be honest with you, but cold showers, give it a go yourself, have a normal shower, blast it to freezing cold for 60 seconds at the end of your shower, and tell me you don't feel amazing coming out of that shower. And then, like I said, you're able to deal with stressful situations throughout the rest of the day then, in my eyes, in, a, in, a, in an easier way, because you've voluntarily put yourself through this massive spike of adrenaline, and the same goes for breath work. Um, So the breath work that I do is called the Wim Hof breathing method. That's W-I-M-H-O-F. I'll put it on the screen for you. Search it on YouTube, search it on Google. You'll be able to find a breathing tutorial on, on YouTube. And what you're basically doing is you're basically hyperventilating. You do four rounds of these breaths, like 40 breaths. And then you breathe out. And then you hold your breath for like 30 seconds, 60 seconds, a minute and a half, two minutes, which sounds mad. But when you do it, you'll understand how your body doesn't actually need to take a breath in that time. And again, all you're doing there is triggering that stressful response, which means the stress that comes up throughout the rest of the day, then you're able to deal with it. So try the cold showers. Give the Wim Hof breathing method a go. I absolutely swear by it. And just trust me especially after the breathing method as well. You actually almost feel like high after doing it. It's insane. Um, And like I said, by doing these things, you're able to manage stressful situations throughout the rest of your day then in a bit of an easier way. Lion's mane mushroom. All that you need to take is one serving of this per day and your anxiety will be completely eradicated forever. You'll never feel stressed again. You'll feel on top of the world. All you need to do is click the link in my description below. Enter code Unbottled ten for ten percent. No, I'm taking the piss. This isn't that sort of place, man. But uh, I digress. Lion's mane uh, mushroom. So I take this in capsule form. It's like well, you take it in powder form, but it's for me. It's like just pre-made into capsules, and uh, I have it with my breakfast, and it 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 works, man. Like it it subtly kind of changes my. Uh, My mood throughout the day, where I'm, I'm able to enter deep states of focus easier than if I hadn't taken it, and that helps with anxiety because my mind isn't pinging off left, right, and centre. So I was taking the piss, of course, with that opening message. It's not going to eradicate anxiety forever, but it will allow you to enter deep states of focus just that little bit more. Very subtle change in mood, and what that means is like i said you you your mind isn't pinging off left right and center and um you're also going to have well i i have them anyway very vivid dreams when, when i take lines mate like sometimes i wake up in the morning and it's like i've lived another life like in another reality like it's insane not necessarily bad dreams um my dreams just got crazy vivid after i started taking this stuff uh doesn't really have anything to do with anxiety <laughs> But yeah, that's another, I don't know if it's a benefit of taking Lion's Mane, but it's just something that happens. But yeah, that's my experience with Lion's Mane. If you want to give it a go, just Google it. You'll find an online shop that will deliver to where you live. And um, it's not going to be like an overnight thing. It takes a fair few days for it to get into your system, you know, taking it every day. And uh, yeah, maybe after a week or two, you might notice the same thing. Right then, final method that I've got for you that I'm trying to use trying to embody on a daily basis to help me manage anxiety, cope with stress, all of that sort of stuff, is just generally being kinder to myself, to be honest with you. You know, if there's one thing that I've realised since starting this podcast around mental health and, you know, vocalising the struggles that we're all going through, is I've come to realise that we're really just, we're all in this together. Like, I'm not alone in what I'm dealing with here and neither are you, the person that's watching this, and neither is anybody else that's in your life that might be dealing with the same sort of thing uh, whether it's anxiety depression ptsd any kind of setback like we're all in this shit together and what what that's resulted in is me coming to the realization that if i have a bad day like if i have an anxious day if i wake up one day and i just don't feel like getting out of bed and dealing with what i have to deal with that day i'm not beating myself up about it because i'm no longer chasing this image of like perfect mental health which until I started talking to other people and understanding that we're all going through this together, that was something that, I'll be honest with you, I was chasing because that's just what I assumed everyone else had. I just assumed that everybody else had great mental health and only a few people here and there maybe like experienced anxiety, but until you you begin to look at the facts and figures, until you start to talk to other people about this who are going through similar stuff, it's just like a light bulb moment and you think, Jesus Christ, we're all going through it, man. We're all struggling together and you find peace in that unified suffering. Just be kind to yourself, man, because you're not alone in what you're going through. I promise you. And this podcast and the the feedback that has come from this podcast is a clear example of that. Right. That wraps up the, uh, the eight methods that I've got for you that I've pretty much learned since starting this podcast and it's all different you know nuggets of information that i've taken from each episode and i'm trying to embody into my own life now if you're someone that's watched this video and you think yeah i'm going to do all of these i'm going to wake up tomorrow and do every single one (laughs) don't try and do that because the quickest way to fail at this sort of stuff is by giving yourself a monster task like trying to do all of this stuff at once I'll, I'll be honest with you, man, like I don't do these things every day. Um, days that I do do all of these in, in one go, then they're really fucking good days. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. You know, I, I have days where I slip up and I've found that gradually implementing these things into my life is the best way of making sure that I was a little bit more consistent with it, as opposed to waking up and saying, right, I'm going to do all of these in one day. Because um, it can be overwhelming, and then you know, if you don't do it, you beat yourself up, and it's like ah, oh, blah 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 blah. So the best way to approach, you know, trying to embody this stuff into your life would be, you know, I always follow this one percent a day rule, because um, what I'm guilty of doing in the past is trying to change the world overnight, and it's just caused me to burn out and get stressed. So what I try and do now, if I'm if I'm trying to do something new in my life or get better at something, one percent a day it's very manageable and the compounding effects of that over time is going to be amazing versus trying to do it 100% overnight getting stressed out getting burnt out because you can't do it all at once and just yeah never ending never actually doing it so what that would look like would be saying okay well I'll start with five minutes of meditation and I'll do a sentence of journaling you know you see where I'm going with this? little ways of doing it. i'll do five seconds of cold water at the end of my shower. little ways of implementing these things and then building up over time and uh hopefully yeah you'll see you'll see a difference in your life when it comes to dealing with anxiety and stress and things like that. So if you got any value from this video, I would encourage you to subscribe to the channel because everything i 've spoken about in this video is covered in previous episodes of the podcast um and yeah check out the podcast man because there's some serious serious value in there that you know i've told you how it's helped me you might find other bits of value that's in there that can help you in your life and yeah this is this is a growing community man like i said we're all in this together we're all trying to tackle our setbacks together and um yeah let's keep it growing so thank you for watching and i'll see you in the next video, episode, whatever. (laughs)